engaged and there's a level of engagement. And thank you for all the kind words about this, especially from people who are used to hearing video games discussed on the radio by people who have no idea what they're talking about. It's a, there's, a, there's a level of immersion that not every game has. So clearly this is, is so immersive that, that it, it, it very reluctantly lets you out of its grip. And Betty is in Enfield. Betty, what would you like to say? Hello there, James. Hello, Betty. Um, I think, um, uh, just to give some context, I design games for a living. Wow. Um, and I design them for research. So instead of people taking part in boring surveys, I make games that are immersive and engaging. Right. Um, so, Wicked. So I think, um, actually, the, the conversation, uh, James, as you probably know already, is around the broader context of addictive design. Yes. And um, while I, we don't probably have time to talk about addictive design in all digital media, it is obviously an issue in games. And designers um, and developers have a responsibility to ensure that, yes, a game can be intrinsically well, well, Why do they have a responsibility? People that make beer um, don't have a responsibility to make alcohol less addictive. That's, a, that's an excellent point, James, but I think because games are played by so many yeah. millions of people around the world and, 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 we, and there's, there's 50-plus yeah. years of science to tell us that people will play games for hours at a time, I think actually there would be longer-term loyalty and more player retention if the games were less addictive. Now, I write about the benefits of games, so actually this almost goes against anything yes. and everything um, I believe in. But uh, on the flip side, obviously, we have to take into consideration that these children are addicted. But, but uh, this uh, is the commercial reality, though, isn't it? But the, the, Essentially, we're ordering businesses to, to make less money, to be less profitable. But there, there are ethical ways of going about this, and, I, and I'd like to give a, just a quick example, James, if I may. Mm. So there, um, I won't name the game, but there is an app game on the Google Play in the App Store, and within the first level, um, you are faced with a decision as the player. Right. I pay a fee to earn points, which will mean that I can save my character, move on to next level, or try to quit the game. Now, if you try to quit the game, it doesn't let you quit. Right. And What's horrendous about this is that the character that you've developed, your avatar, is being strangled by some kind of magical tree root. Right. Actually, this is quite horrendous to look at. Now, if, if it was a five-year-old playing, that would be quite yeah. emotionally traumatic, you know. And so I think that that's not ethical design there. So, and I think there's lots of companies out there who have made money from games. Um, you know, games like Monument Valley, for example, have done very well. And their games are highly regarded and played by all... You know, so all you're describing regulation, people. aren't you? You're describing quite simple rules that companies shouldn't be allowed to break. So in the context of alcohol, there are rules in place about... Absolutely. Well, they yes. can. You can, but, but it, you'd need to be, it would need to be you who was in charge. Do you see what I mean? It, we'd have to get poachers to become gamekeepers. Yes, and I think... There is well. There's, there's also a couple of elements. So I think because games are such a creative form, there also needs to be a level of empathy with design. You know, you have to ask yourself as a designer: yeah. if I was a five-year-old playing this, would would this traumatise me? Would this be really awful? And and actually, am I emotionally manipulating this? player to levelling up when actually the way I'm approaching this, you know, I wouldn't be happy if my child was, was in that position playing this game. But also I would advise parents out there 
to spend time playing the games, call it research, yeah. spend time playing the games that their children into because children will spend hours and hours every day at school and on field trips and parents do spend time researching schools don't yeah, they you're right you wouldn't send them you wouldn't you wouldn't send them to a to a uh, you know a, a soft play gym that you hadn't checked out or seen or 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 a physical destination that you knew absolutely nothing about so why would you let them go to a virtual destination that you know nothing about that's that i mean that puts my parents generation in a hole but the, the world is changing <laughs> yeah yeah and i think if they play the games and start to understand the, the pros and the cons, you know, actually what, is, what are the wonderful things that this is doing for my child? It's mm. being connected with their friends. This it's, is your, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to run out of time. You've already covered loads and loads of ground. So you, oh, you, sorry, th Tim. this is your complete field of expertise and the psychology of games. Yeah, I'm not a psychologist, but no. I do design games and, and have studied this field for about eight years um, and writing a book about it. So oh, you know um, what I have to do now, don't you? You know what happens. What's happened? <laughs> you, 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 you go one of these. I'm Ray Liotta, and you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. If you build it, they will come. There you go, Betty. Thanks very much. Mind how you go. Coming up at 1 on LBC.